The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. Welcome back to part two of this episode. I really hope you enjoyed part one. Now let's get back into it. So I know, Mary, you're obviously a big advocate for people in the US, particularly, specifically, having access to affordable insulin and ultimately more affordable tech. What can an average person do with this? Like, can an average person do anything to help with this sort of movement? Yeah, well, T1 International is an organization that really pushes for insulin access for everyone. Um, And they do a lot of uh, work in uh, politics and just getting out there to local representatives and state representatives to try to push for policy changes. And so T1 International, I donate money to them every month to support it. And anyone can go and just make like a one-time donation, or you can set, you know, a schedule for donations. I mean, even just a couple dollars makes a difference. Um, so they're, and they, have a newsletter, they send out updates and things that they are currently doing. And I know they have chapters too in the States, different, I think each state has its own chapter or just about every state has a chapter. So they are a great organization that I recommend to everyone to look into and support for that kind of change. Okay. So people can just donate if they can to support this in in even just a small way, I would imagine makes a big difference. I've obviously been aware of it because I speak to people and I know people in the US, et cetera, et cetera, who who kind of experience it. But it's fascinating in all the worst ways to comprehend the cost when you come from a place like Ireland or potentially the UK that you kind of just take it for granted because you don't think anything different of it. Like in Ireland we have something called the long-term illness scheme. And basically when you're diagnosed with type one, because it's a long-term illness, there's no cure to obviously all your supplies are taken care of. So anytime I'm in Ireland, I can quite literally just go to my local pharmacy and just pick up what I need, what I want. And it's no questions asked. And there was one time there was one time where I went, I went out this a good few years ago now, but it just goes to show you how easy it is at home compared to your experience in the U S up to this point where I went out one night 
And I think I I left my insulin in a bar or left it in a club or something and forgot it and didn't have it. And I stayed in my cousin's place and I was like, I don't have my insulin. I need my insulin, obviously. And I went to her local pharmacy and they just called my local pharmacy and then just put the prescription through and just gave me a full box of Nova Rapid insulin. No questions asked. Wow. Can't imagine. I know people here in the States, like if they are going on trips, I've seen it on Instagram and Facebook groups of people like we're in this town in the city, we're hours away from home and we forgot our insulin. Like, does anyone in the area have a vial we can, you know, borrow or can someone help us out? Cause there's no way to just walk into a pharmacy here and be like, Hey, I really need insulin. It's an emergency. And for them to just be like, yeah, here you go. Like that would be Mm. unheard of here in the States. Have you noticed any change, Mary, even since you've been diagnosed, like any progression with insulin affordability or access in the U S like, do you have a sense that it's changing or improving at all? I, I don't, feel like it really has since I was diagnosed. I feel like the same fight is still going on. I know there's been talk in policy changes and there are things that have come out, but I feel like I'm still seeing the same things and still seeing people struggle to have access to their supplies and to afford their supplies. Yeah, it's uh, kind of lost for words, really thinking about it. It's just, it's insane. Like, I find it very scary to, and I've, I've even had dream. I don't know if you have too, but I've had dreams where like insulin globally just runs out. I know, I know it's obviously not the same as the cost, but I've had nightmares essentially where like insulin just disappears and it's terrifying. But in reality, that is the reality for some people if they can't afford it. And it, it reminds me of, a client that I have inside my program who's in the US, she's type one diabetic, has been for 30 plus years. Her And she's been on this podcast. Her brother died when he was 26 because he couldn't afford his insulin. Mm. Like, And that's unbelievable. 26 is that age in the US where you're required to get your own health insurance. So I wonder if that had something to do with that. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And with that as well, he obviously was fully aware of the fact that he didn't have all the insulin that he needed, but he was ultra reluctant to go to the hospital because he knew that that was going to be more of a cost. So he didn't go. Unbelievable. It's just awful. I like, yeah. I hope and pray that I never have to be in that situation, but it's terrifying to think that it could happen to anyone. It's mm. just, it shouldn't have to be that way though. Okay, let's try and pick this up a bit <laughs> slightly, right? Because it's, yeah. uh, uh, even though it is the reality, it's it's just saddening and depressing to say the least. Um, but something, Mary, that you said previously that is a positive from your diabetes is that it's given you so much more confidence that you hadn't had prior to being diabetic. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Like, why do you feel diabetes has led to you being more confident? Um, I feel like the diabetes online community has a lot to do with that. Um, When I was diagnosed and I was 
terrified of what other people would think and what their um, reactions would be. I found everyone on Instagram, anyone with diabetes, I would follow and would just scroll through their pages. And I saw so many people just proudly wearing their devices and being like, this is my life. This is, you know, my CGM. This is my pump. These are where I do my injections. And I was like, I want to, I want to do that. I could do that. And so I just started sharing my story and I just saw so many other people embracing it. And so I decided to try it. And I feel like it's helped me kind of find my voice and my purpose. And I'm an educator at heart. I educate in the classroom all day. And so being able to then educate people about diabetes is like been so rewarding. So if I can wear my Dexcom on my arm and someone in the grocery store stops me and wants to know more about it, and I have that opportunity to educate them about diabetes some more, um, I'll take it. So it's just been kind of empowering for me to just embrace it and show the world and educate people. Do you feel like that sense of community has kind of been the, or had been the catalyst to how you were managing your own diabetes, not even just part of being a community. Absolutely. And I know the first time I got my Dexcom, I set it up and I didn't know how to use it. In my first 24 hours, I didn't know you could change the alarms and the settings on my on your Dexcom. So I had all these alarms and it was awful and I was burnt out and I was like, I'm going to rip this off already. I, why do people have this? And then people on Instagram were like, Oh, you can go into your settings here and change this. And, you know, I personally turn the sound off for this, but I have it on vibrate and I was like, Oh, let me try it. And so I was able to, you know, use that community to adjust my preferences and learn from other people. And it's just been so helpful in my own management. Do you feel, Mary, like that confidence, and I was actually speaking about this recently to to a different group, the idea that the confidence that you can get from like confidently managing your diabetes, that transfers into other areas of your life. And like it, it helps you become more confident in other areas, even just completely unrelated to diabetes. Do you feel at all that the confidence you have from managing your diabetes has made you just overall a more confident person, if that makes sense. I think so. I know it's like a conceptual kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think so. I used to be such a perfectionist and diabetes has helped me learn that not everything is going to be perfect and that's okay. Um, So kind of learning that through my diabetes has kind of transferred into other aspects of my life and teaching if there's a lesson that is not perfect because none of them are. But um, if I have like a rough teaching day, it's like, well, I know tomorrow's a new day. Same with my blood sugars. Like it's one day and the next day is going to be a blank slate to wake up and try again. And I feel like that has helped tremendously. Um, And just knowing that I have that ability to adapt and kind of come back from hard obstacles and I'll be okay. And it's not going to be the end of the world. I think diabetes has definitely helped me learn that quickly. Mm. Are you historically somebody who is like a bit of a perfectionist? Oh yeah. hundred percent since childhood. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so how have you found that with 
diabetes or how have you how did you get used to that with diabetes because as you say like no matter how consistently or no matter how well you manage your diabetes it's not going to be perfect did you struggle with that yeah. or do you do you still to a certain extent i i think i still do there are certain days that are harder than others i think at the beginning it was really hard anytime my blood sugar would be a little bit out of range, I would go into this like panic mode and be like, no, it has to come down. It has to be perfect. And I had all my own personal goals set so high for myself that if I was like 1% less out of range than I wanted to be, that I would just beat myself up over it. But over time, I've just kind of relaxed a little bit and, you know, set more realistic goals for myself and, I know that, hey, I might have a day where I am out with friends and we are eating pizza and having drinks and my blood sugar is, you know, way higher than I'd like it to be. But I know that, you know, when I go and get my A1C checked or I look at my 90-day report and see my overall time and range, like that one day wasn't that end of the world. And so it's okay to indulge myself every now and then and, you know, let myself live with diabetes, you know, and treat myself essentially. Of course. I know it's yeah. not the end of the world. No. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like I've always kind of been somebody who I like when things are like in place, you know, this thing's here, this thing's here, this thing's here, this thing's here. I like to be in control of what I'm doing. And <laughs> I feel as if that's a good and bad thing to a certain extent with diabetes because it's a good thing in the sense that you have already that kind of sense of internal routine or you like things being in place and you, you, you can follow that certain type of structure, whatever it might be. Whereas the negative of that sometimes can be expecting everything to be perfect. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in... and particularly with diabetes. I'm a big believer in adapting or adjusting your expectations based on what's going on. Like if I have a day where I'm doing nothing but work, going to the gym, eating my own food, like my expectation for that day is going to be very different to if I'm out for the whole day, drinking, eating pizzas, as you said, with friends, walking around, traveling. Like, it's a very different day. They're very different activities, and they all have very different impacts on blood sugar. So I always like to try and adjust my expectation to whatever's going on and saying, like, it's not successful just because I'm X time and range. It's not failure just because I'm X time and range managing the decisions that I can make on various days, but understanding that the reality of the changes in routine, the changes in activity is likely going to be reflected in your blood sugar and diabetes management. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know. I feel like I have certain situations, like I'm a big lover of Mexican food and having a margarita. And <laughs> for a while that would always send me to the moon but now going into that, I know that my blood sugar is probably going to be a little bit higher. And then I kind of challenge myself to see like, okay, well, instead of being, you know, 
300 for three hours after this meal. Let's see if I can bring that down a little bit. See if I can, you know, not go as high, or maybe I can, you know, come back down and range a little bit quicker and kind of know that I'm not going to be perfect. It's going to go up. I'm going to have, you know, high blood sugars, but let's see if I can maybe make it a little easier and see, and know it's okay if I don't nail that successfully, but I like to kind of push myself to see if I can do like a little bit better. What can I do differently? So, uh, but like you said, like having that expectation to know, you know, it's not my normal routine. Things are going to be different. And, you know, having that mindset is huge. Hmm. What sort of adjustments would you make, Mary, or have you made knowing that historically Margarita brings me up to the moon, right, around that height, but now not so much. What sort of adjustments have you made to essentially make that progress blood sugar-wise? Yeah, I feel like the amount of insulin I take and the timing is huge. Um, I try to get that pre-bolus in, and then also for those like high-carb, high-fat meals, the extended bolus later on, like once I start seeing that rise and then I give myself more and I continue that for an extended period of time to try to offset the rise. Those have helped a lot. My endo also told me about this method. And I forget what it's called. Matt, I'm kicking myself for forgetting what it's called, but it's like this calculator you can use based on the amount of protein and fat in a meal. It can calculate how much extra insulin to give yourself for extended boluses and that has been really fun to kind of play around with and see how my blood sugar reacts using that. No way. What is it like a, an online calculator or something like an insulin calculator? Yeah, I think it's called the Warsaw no method. I feel like I have it bookmarked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it. I know it. I know it. I don't know it yes. off the top of my head, but I've, yes. I've actually done specific trainings with that. There's three, there's three different methods, but the Warsaw, it's like a specific calculation and oh, what is it? Let's see if I can get it on, even online. We'll be here all yeah, day. Yeah, I have it. There's like an online calculator for it that I have bookmarked on my phone. I have, yeah, grams of fat times nine. And then you multiply the protein by four, add those together, and you divide it by 100, and then multiply it by 10, and you use that as your pseudo carbs. Okay, I have it open. Yeah, it, it, see, when, when you listen to it, it's difficult to comprehend because it's like all these different numbers and calculations. But what I might do is I might actually put that in the description of the podcast so people can see it visually, the types of calculations. Um, so yeah, it, like, is that something, Mary, for you, like, are you consciously aware of this is the type of decision I need to make when I'm having margaritas, when I'm having pizzas? Or like... Is, is it instinctive for you now or do you still need to think about it? More uh, I wouldn't say like? it's instinctive. There's certain times where I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to take this insulin and we'll just see how it goes. But then there's certain days yeah. where I'm like, no, like I'm going to make that conscious effort to, you know, make this extra decision and do this extra calculation. But there are some days where I'm tired and, uh, or if I'm in a rush, I'm like, I'm just, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to do my best guess and just kind of, roll with it we all have those days 100 percent. mary obviously you are a your fifth grade teacher and 
you can't just leave your diabetes at the the door when you're teaching a class, unfortunately, is the fact that you live with diabetes, is that something that comes up with students? Is it something that they're aware of or is it something that's kind of hidden? Um, I teach all my classes about it and I normally do it the second day of school. I have a book that I read with my students that I've talked about a few times on my Instagram and it kind of relates to diabetes, but also everyone's differences and different disabilities. And so I kind of connect it that way. And so I teach them about it. And of course, as soon as I say, I have type one diabetes, it's like 15 hands immediately in the air. They have a million questions. They need to know everything and anything there is to know about diabetes. And then they start sharing, oh, my grandma has diabetes. And then it just spirals out of control. But um, no, they they know about it. I tell them, if you ever see me all of a sudden drinking juice in the middle of math, like my blood sugar is low, but I'm okay. Like I've got it handled. Um, so they know, and they know I'm an open book. So if they ever see my pump or my Dexcom or they see me giving myself insulin or having a low blood sugar and eating something, they know that. I will answer any of the questions they have. So throughout the year, it's just a whole process of them thinking of random questions and coming and being like, I have another diabetes question. What do you do if blah, 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 blah. And they, they think of some wild questions, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) yeah, they, they know and they share with everyone. And like, if another student in another class is like, what does that teacher have? My kids are like, she has diabetes. What do you mean? What does she have? Like, how do you know? How do you not know? Okay. Yeah. Thanks sticking for sticking up, up for me, but it's yeah. not everyone knows. It's okay. Has there ever been, Mary, an incident where like your blood sugar has dropped unexpectedly and you have to obviously treat the low blood sugar, but you've 50 kids screaming your name? Yeah, I had, there was one particular low that I had probably three or four years ago at this point. And it was in the morning when they were all coming in off the buses and they had work on their desk. They were kind of doing their own thing, but all of a sudden my blood sugar just dropped. I think I was in the forties and I just had to tell my kids, I was like, I need a moment. Do not come to me with any questions. Just, I will help you in a little bit. I need to sit down and have a little break. And so I just sat at my table. I had low snacks and I texted my other uh, grade level teachers. And I was like, Hey, my blood sugar is really low and I really don't feel good. Like I might need someone to watch my class for a minute, but, um, thankfully everything was fine and I came back up, but I definitely was like, mm. all of you kids just need to go sit, give me five minutes and then I will help you. I will talk to you and answer all your questions. <laughs> I was like, right now, no, don't come up. <laughs> in, in my head now, Mary, I'm, I'm saying to myself, if ever there was a day where I just wanted a break from the kids, <laughs> I'd just be saying, my blood sugar's low. Everybody sit down, relax, take it easy. I need an hour. <laughs> just take a break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Uh, we actually have a good few teachers who listen to this podcast. And also I have a few teachers inside my program that we run. From your experience up to this point, Mary, with diabetes, with teaching, is there any sort of very specific teacher advice you would offer to anybody listening? Um, I think the biggest thing is to have extra supplies in your classroom because there have been times where I have 
accidentally ripped off my pump site and didn't have any extras in my classroom and had to have um, someone come to the school, like family member, get some extra supplies and bring them to school for me. I have had times where last year, actually, I went to do a site change. I had those extra supplies, but I went to do my site change and I was completely out of insulin. My vial was empty and I didn't realize. So I had to leave in the middle of the school day to drive home to go get insulin, change my site, then drive all the way back to school. So extra supplies everywhere. Low supplies, Dexcom or CGM, pump supplies, low snacks, all the things. Um, That's my biggest (laughs) biggest thing that I've run into. So always be extra prepared, basically. Yes. (laughs) Anything you might need, have like five of them in your room. (laughs) Gotcha. And don't be afraid to pretend like your blood sugar is lower than it is so you can take a bit of a break. That's the most important tip I'm getting. Yeah. You need (laughs) to get out of a meeting that should have been an email. Just, oh, diabetes problem. Gotta go. (laughs) Exactly. 100%. Mary, I have one more question for you. And this is always how we finish the guest episodes that we do. And I always start it by saying there's no perfect answer. There's very different answers that we get to this question. But if you had to thank your diabetes for something, what would that be? I would thank my diabetes for the community that it's given me and all the connections and the people I've met because of it. I feel like I have this wider web of people and this huge support system because of it that I wouldn't have without it. And it's been life-changing in the best way. Love it. Love it. Mary, where can people find out more about you? Where can they follow you? Where can they keep up to date with your life and your diabetes? I am on Instagram and TikTok as Mary.type1, the number one, not the word. So, yeah. Good stuff. I will link all of Mary's links below as well if you aren't following her up to this point, but you definitely should. And Mary, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure we will stay in touch over time. And best luck with all the teacher endeavors. And I'll chat to you soon. All right. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Another massive thank you to today's guest. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out their social channels and links that we've included in the episode description. If you enjoy the podcast, which I'm guessing you do because you listen, be sure to rate, subscribe, and share. It really, really helps the podcast get heard by more people when you rate, when you subscribe, and when you share. If you feel that you've been able to benefit from it so far, likely someone else would be too. If you have any questions or stories for myself and Graham, please do not hesitate to reach out. We absolutely love getting in the email stories and questions. You can do this through theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more from me, stay connected or even work with me and other people living with type 1 diabetes who want to be fitter, healthier and happier within my type 1% better online program. You can message me directly through Instagram or you can fill out an application form through the link in the podcast description. And as always, another massive thank you to you for your time and your ears. We greatly appreciate you showing up each week, time after time, ready to gain knowledge and confidence around your diabetes management. So until next week, have a good day. 
have a good week look after those blood sugars and i'll chat to you soon take it easy